All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Kirby Doc, didn't you know that Kale McCarr is a bad, bad man? Why are you not keeping tabs on him better in three-on-three overtime? This is the Daily Faceoff Show. It is Wednesday, January fifth. And I'm joined by Mike McKenna as we're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com as well as Twitter and YouTube. Mike, what's up? How you doing? I'm glad I'm not Kirby Doc's ankles. Man, Kale McCarr, I know we're <laughs> going to talk about this guy, but that was just gross. I watched that highlight about 15 times this morning. I'll tell you what, man, it's a good thing I'm not a goalie in the league anymore. I would have looked like a fool. So I'm much happier for <laughs> sitting here right now talking about hockey with you, Frank, than I would be if I'm playing against a dynamo like that. It's a way more comfortable chair. No question about that. Let's put two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's dive in with the Kale McCarr madness. All hail Kale after a ridiculous overtime winner for the Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday night at the United Center. Mike, you know, I I just little tongue in cheek fun, poking fun at Kirby Doc, but honestly, no blame at all there um, in terms of the defense. Uh, You know, at some times you just need to tip your hat and say, that was unbelievable. Uh, he was posterized in a sense, and you have a, a look at it here from NHL Gifts. But what impresses you most about this Kale McCarr play? Well, I think it's because he had the patience to carry the puck all the way behind the back of the Chicago Blackhawks net before getting up to the hash marks and thinking, all right, I'm going to turn and burn right here because he thinks the game at such a high level. He knows that he's already passed. And he's able to cut and get towards the net. He's going to have a clear lane, especially three on three. 
accessing the game at a really high level. He tosses on the brakes, but then he has the speed to get out of it and create separation from Kirby Doc and get to the net by himself. And he doesn't just throw a, t- throw a shot on goal. I mean, he goes forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand again, underneath the bar on raising, reigning Vezina champion, Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, there's an awful lot going on here in a short time frame. And Frank, we're talking about a defenseman. Like, these are moves that yeah. you expect out of a forward. Okay, this guy's got 14 goals so far this season in 25 games. I think he's the MVP of the Colorado Avalanche, Frank. Yeah, and that's an interesting conversation to have, considering that they have Nathan McKinnon, who could very well end the season in the MVP race. Nazem Kadri might have something to say about that, to given the first 30 games or so, how they've played out for him in the abs. But you know who that goal looked like? Another guy that's made his home in Chicago and Patrick Kane. There were so many things about that goal that I'm watching. The edge work, the spatial awareness. Um, you know, it, it was seeing that opportunity for Kale McCarr to cut back and, and notice that he would have that perfect lane to the net. And then the awareness close in to Marc-Andre Fleury, the fact that he was able to get that puck up and under the bar in such a tight space, like that's the sneaky underrated part of the goal is how mm-hmm. close he was to Marc-Andre Fleury's pad before he was able to raise the puck like that. Yeah, it's just uncommon to see. You don't see defensemen with this scoring touch very often, but we are seeing more of it across the league, which is so fun to take a look at. But I think Kale McCarr right now is really at the pointy end of the spectrum. I mean, I think guess what everybody looks to? The way he plays with the puck on his blade, man, he can create, he does it at speed, he can do it on the rush, five on five or power play. He's as versatile as they come. Pointy end of the spectrum. I'm going to have to write that one down here and save that for later. But let's yeah, talk I don't about know if spectrums that spectrum. are actually pointy. They may not yeah, be pointy. I, I was thinking about that. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of a pointy spectrum. <laughs> but yesterday we discussed the Hart Trophy race and where things stand in January. So perfect segue with Kale McCarr to the Norris Trophy race. It's never too early to take a look at where we think that might be heading. So let's throw both of our ballots up on the screen as to where we'd stand at the moment uh mike we both have kale mccarr in the number one spot probably not too much of a shock if you just listen to the us rave about him for the last two minutes and 30 seconds but there is certainly some difference here uh when it comes to the other guys that we have in the mix the same five guys just in a totally different order why did you Mm -hmm. go with roman yossi at two well, I think a lot of it has to do with just his goal scoring ability. I mean, he's got 11 goals on the season. And yes, a lot of it has come in the power play. But I think that Nashville, especially, you know, last season coming into this year, they need rock. needed somebody who had consistently been performing. And that's Roman Yossi. I think that without him, the Predators are just a completely different team. Uh, he doesn't have the secondary support with Ryan Ellis there any longer. I think Yossi is so valuable to his club. That's why I have him up in the number two spot. Uh, And it's kind of the same way with Adam Fox. Everything goes through Adam Fox at the blue line for the Rangers. He's only got five goals, but the guy's got uh, plenty of assists to go with it. Uh, Ekblad plus 20 playing all the minutes, playing the best hockey of his career. And it's almost like we overlook Victor Hedman. So uh, I I really like Makar. I think Yossi is just as important to his club, if not more so. But right now, Makar, the way he's performing, still my top guy. Yeah, I mean, Makar is a pretty easy choice, I think, at the moment. Mm -hmm. He probably would have won the Norris last year had he played in more games in the shortened season. But I think with how few games there were, it was pretty amplified when he missed a pretty significant chunk of the season. But you see Makar's total, 14 goals there. He is on track to be the first NHL defenseman to score 30 goals since Mike Green did it back in 2008 Mm -hmm. 
1909. Paul Coffey was the last one before that, 1989. It hasn't happened all that often. Do you think he gets to 30 goals? And by the way, I just wanted to point out quickly, you know, you said Ekblad plus 20 playing the best hockey of his career. Well, Ekblad, eighth in time on ice this year, 25-18, best plus minus among the, those Norris candidates at plus 20, as you said, nine goals. And here was the key for me. 17 of his 26 points this year for the Florida Panthers have been at even strength. Not to take anything away from anyone that produces on the power play, it's vitally important, but the fact that you're driving play at even strength is also a pretty strong consideration for me. Yes or no, Mike, does Kale McCarr get to 30 goals? I think so. I really do. I think if he doesn't get there, he's only going to be one or two shy. But as we know, Frank, it all depends on the way the season plays out. Injuries, COVID, all those types of things. If he's healthy, I think he does it. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I'm with you in that camp. Uh, let's take a look at the Nashville Predators. All that Roman Yossi talk got me excited. This team's on a 9-1-1 one, and one run. They're right at the top of the Central Division standings. And count me among the group of people that did not see this coming. Uh, I was really curious and concerned about the Predators team and, and really just where the, the overall direction of the franchise, where they were heading. It felt like their window was closing, that some of the players that they had had, had gotten long in the tooth quickly. And really, they also were on long-term contracts. It, it made it mm -hmm. difficult to really you know shuffle the deck and, and see where that team was heading. I got to give a lot of credit to John Hines. The big thing that I'm noticing that's different about the Preds this year is their compete level. There are no easy games. There's no easy space uh, on the rink to get to when you're playing against the Nashville Predators. And that's been the big difference. They were kind of a pushover team for a while, and that's certainly not the case anymore. What's the big difference you're seeing in Nashville? Well, a lot of what you just mentioned. I, I had those same questions. I thought, man, I got a lot of respect for David Poyle, but I wasn't sure where the Predators were going at all. You know, when you had Duchesne locked up long term, he wasn't performing last year. Same way with Johansson. Well, those players are back. They're performing. Philip Forsberg as well. He had a big game last night uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights. But it really is the way that the Predators work. I mean, they're down ice pressure. When they send two forwards deep into the zone, they forecheck hard. Their gaps are tight in the neutral zone. Their compete level is just so much higher. I wonder if they can sustain it. That's my only question, but they're getting excellent goaltending from UC Saros. And I think a lot of this, Frank, really comes through one player. And it's amazing to think it could just be one guy, but Tanner Genoa changed the complexion of the Nashville Predators. John Hines has put the system in place, but look at Genoa. You've got an undrafted kid out of Saskatchewan here. 10 goals, six fights in the game so far this year. He plays so hard that I think it's been infectious. You know, he was in the ECHL at times last season. This guy's had to earn everything, Frank. When you have a player like that, that's that hungry, that sets the tone in your locker room, sometimes you might even guilt your veterans into playing harder. When you see a 24-year-old without any draft status who's outworking you, you can't let that stand as a veteran player. That's good for the franchise, and he's been excellent for the Predators. Nothing like playing guilty. Tenor Janot, one of six Nashville Predators with at least 20 points this season. The depth scoring has been there and can't overlook, as you said, UC Soros, 927 save percentage. You're going to win a lot of hockey games when your goaltender is putting up numbers like that, especially from a guy that can play. He might be one of the rare guys that can be in that 60-game, 60 65-game range with the way that he plays the game. Uh, love what we're seeing from the Preds. Certainly been one of the fantastic stories 
stories of the season to this point. Scott Burnside wrote about it last week on dailyfaceoff.com. Talk to John Hines if you want to get an in-depth look at what's going on behind the scenes with the Nashville Predators. So we just mentioned UC Soros. What's going on with Miko Koskinen and the Edmonton Oilers? I mean, it is a spicy meatball that Miko Koskinen lobbed out there today, responding to our friend and Finnish correspondent, Tommy Seppala, saying, Miko Koskinen responding, it's not nice being thrown under the bus. I have to be better. But at the same time, we scored seven goals in my last six losses. I can't score goals. I'm sure that's a feeling that you know all too well, Mike. What do you make of Miko Koskinen's response? Dave Tippett being asked about it by reporters today in Toronto saying this was taken out of context. He was asked specifically about the start to the game and the fact that the Oilers continue to allow the first goal more nights than not. What do you make of what's going on in Edmonton as Mike Smith returns to the crease tonight for the Oilers? Well, first, good for Miko Koskinen for standing up for himself. He's been a punching bag in Edmonton, uh, in the in the fan base, in the media, and by Dave Tippett. Okay, both of these guys can try to walk it any way they want, but Tippett came out first thing. He said our goalie wasn't very good against the Rangers. Well, you know what, Koskinen wasn't. He chucked one over the glass in the first 15 seconds. The team's on the kill. Then he allows a goal right off the bat on a misplayed puck. It's a bad start to the game, and Koskinen takes ownership here, but he is right. What's crazy, though, is that this it's doesn't happen publicly very often. Seven goals he and six not. losses. It's totally factual. It is. It is. But he hasn't been good enough either. His regular metrics, his advanced metrics, not there. But this is what's so intriguing to me is that Tippett's had enough. Tippett says our goalie wasn't good enough. Okay, that's a shot across the bow to me at Ken Holland saying, I need a better goalie. Okay, and Koskinen feels that. He knows that in the room. He, he can tell right now that he's not the guy there when the coach is saying that. And so I think that he's just frustrated and I get it. And you can't fault a guy for standing up for himself in this scenario, Frank. Like, yeah, did he did he get run a bit here? Yes. Did he take ownership? Yes. Um, but man, I don't see how this plays out like long-term in any way. You know, this is kind of like the breaking point to me, Frank. I don't know if you have a similar feeling, but that's where I think it's at. Well, yeah, I mean, long-term, well, there is no long-term with Miko no. Koskinen and Edmonton. It's four or five yeah. more months at most uh, if that. Uh, playing on an expiring contract, right? And I think if the Oilers had their way, they'd find a, a place to park Miko Koskinen, whether it's in the mm -hmm. AHL or whether it's moving him to somewhere else before the deadline to try and upgrade their goaltending position. I think you're right. You hit it right on the head in that, um, you know, when you look at Dave Tippett's comments, to me, it's one of two things. It's either a coach not having any other card left to play and he's just exasperated, or it's a coach sending a message to his general manager, we need more help at this position. Clearly, yes. Mike Smith is his guy. We didn't see the same criticism from uh, Dave Tippett when Smith had a bad game just a few nights prior to that. So mm -hmm. uh, frustration mounting. We'll see how the Oilers respond tonight. They are without Connor McDavid. Tyson Barry and Derek Ryan all in the COVID protocol. We've had a lot of goalie talk to this point. Koskinen, Soros. Let's get to the blue paint and dive in a little bit deeper with Mike McKenna. All right, it's time for another edition of the blue paint with Mike McKenna. Some nerdy goaltending talk, and I love it. Who, Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's been the best goaltender in the NHL over the last month? 
His name's Thatcher Demko playing for the Vancouver Canucks. And I know everybody loves Bruce Boudreaux in that city right now, and they should. But boy, they should be sending gift baskets to Thatcher Demko. His numbers since the, in the past month, especially in December, I mean, nine and one in his last 10 games. Okay. And during that span, every single game, his save percentage has been above 90%. That's nearly impossible to do as a goaltender, that level of consistency. He's been a huge reason why the Canucks have turned it around. Yeah, Boudreaux's made some changes. The penalty kill's been way better, but you know why? It's because Demko's standing on his head during it. All right. I know his save percentage and his, his traditional numbers here, you see a 255920. They're not that gaudy. They're really good, but his advanced stats put him at the top of the heap no matter which way you look at it. And I think when you watch Demko play, he's so in control of his game. He's rarely outside of his crease. He's very controlled. He's eating rebounds. His game lends itself to consistency. He's done a great job in the last couple of years of modifying and modernizing his game with goalie coach Ian Clark. And I think if Demko can keep this up, He's going to at least get Vancouver back to respectability and possibly even looking at that outside looking in playoff spot. He's been the best goalie in the league since December 1st. Interesting. Yeah. And I have it on good authority that Thatcher Demko would have been a member of the U.S. Olympic team had uh, the NHL players gone. Beijing, certainly a bright spot in Vancouver, in Detroit. Let's shine a little spotlight there because their crease was up for grabs at the start of the season. Alex Nedeljkovic, they acquired in a trade. He's really grabbed the reins. What's made Nedeljkovic separate himself? And a little bit of a two-part question. They drafted Sebastian Kosa in the first round. Not all that often you see a team spend a first-round pick on a goalie. Is there any chance that Nedeljkovic is actually their goalie of the future? Yeah, great question, Frank. I think that there actually is a chance of that because you can never tell with a draft pick and even a first-round goaltender, you still might be looking three to four years down the road before that goalie becomes an impact player at the NHL level. And what Nedeljkovic does is it buys the Red Wings time. But it also gives him a chance to grow into a number one role and maybe become that beast in the crease that they've needed there. Going into the year, they had Thomas Grice and Nedeljkovic, and it was it really was up for grabs. And that's what I want to key in on. Nedeljkovic's numbers, they're fairly pedestrian looking, 285914, but his advanced numbers... Okay, he's up there with Demko. He's up there in that same ballpark as a Sorokin in Long Island, who's been very good this year. And there's a huge delta between Nedeljkovic and Grice right now. Okay, Grice is allowing three and a half goals a game. Nedeljkovic is under three. And I think his puck handling is what makes a big difference for the for the or for the uh, Detroit Red Wings. He gets the puck moving. He gets it to those young players on the team. He gets it in motion, and that's invaluable. He had that hot run with the Hurricanes last season. I still think they should have held on to him. That's water under the bridge. He's found a good home in Detroit. It's another good trade by Steve Eiserman to get value and to get a goalie who is growing into himself at the NHL level. A little bit of a rough patch lately, but he's been good for most of the season. Yeah, I still can't believe Carolina didn't want to pay Nadelkovic to keep him. But then again, hard to knock Carolina and their goaltending decision. Freddie Anderson mm -hmm. has been absolutely fantastic this season. Mike, we talked at the beginning of the year about the need for teams to have three goaltenders, that it was going to be more important than ever to have three guys that you can turn to with COVID and injuries. Of those you know, sort of tertiary options in goal, which one this season has made a case for more playing time throughout the year? 
I think you can look to Charlie Lindgren in St. Louis, and is, it speaks for himself when you look at the statistics we're showing here. Five wins in five games, and he, he allowed five goals. <laughs> you know, I mean, what more can you want a guy to do? He's a perfect example of somebody that needed a change of scenery, needed a breath of fresh air. He'd been in the Montreal Canadiens system for four or five seasons. He was on a three-year one-way contract. He could never make it stick at the NHL level. Now, behind Carey Price, you're not going to get a lot of time. And then at the American League, when he went down, the team was terrible in Laval. So he was set up for failure there. He's been rolling this year. It started in the American League. He's 8-1-1 there. And then he goes 5-0-0 at the NHL level. He's now the guy that you look to thinking, man, he deserves a bigger opportunity at the NHL level. Don't know if it'll happen in St. Louis. Villa Huso's back from uh, an injury. He's played well this year. Bennington, of course, is the guy. But there's always goalies like this that make a name for themselves once again. And I think that it just speaks to the bigger overall picture of this season, especially that teams need the goalie depth. We've seen so many number one goaltenders, whether it's your injury or COVID. Uh, you know, last night in Vegas, Logan Thompson starts his first NHL game because Laurent Brossois and Robin Leonard are both unavailable. We've seen Brian Elliott and Vasilevsky out in Tampa. You know, depth is so important for these teams. And someone like Rit Lindgren that you can trust is very important. Yeah, trust, no doubt, a factor. Perhaps I should add Charlie Lindgren to our trade targets list. Teams are always looking for a guy that could slide in. St. Louis, as you mentioned, pretty comfortable with Bennington and Huso. Uh, interesting stat from Elliot Friedman in his 32 Thoughts column yesterday on sportsnet.ca, and that was 97 netminders have been used this season. We're not quite 50% of the way through. The previous record is 99. So we're going to crush that. Mike, you've got your towel on. Yeah, Get man. Ready? You need the proper tuck on the bench. You, you pioneered it. You got to yeah, cross it, go. put it underneath the jersey. You're good to go. <laughs> hey, you, you did say that your New Year's resolution was to play more goalie. I don't know that it's going to be at the NHL level, but hey, we love having you on the blue paint to talk more goaltending. This has been another edition of the blue paint with Mike McKenna. Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. My question is this. Watch this video of Wes McCauley's call last night in the game and give me your thoughts. Thumbs up or thumbs down? And great Love form. It. Five for fighting way to go, Wes. There. Decides that he's going to mix it up with Middleton. Mike's giving oh, it two yeah. thumbs up there. there. I oh, mean, hard not to. Mix it up with Milton. Dude, like my daughter sometimes at the dinner table, if she likes a meal, she'd be like, a thousand thumbs up. <laughs> That's me on this, dude, because every single person in the building watching on TV thinking he's going to do it. And he doesn't disappoint. Wes McCauley's the best at it. And you know what, Frank? I don't think every every referee has this in them. Not everybody has that personality. But I'd love to see more of them embrace it if they can. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a fighting call. Two for slashing. You know, like just some emotion is good. And I've said this for years, man. I've talked about it with our own Tim Peel. I would love to see NHL referees and linesmen's jerseys with their names on the back again and sell them in stores. I would buy those. I would, I'd wear a Wes McCauley jersey.
I would love that. I don't know about Sell a Tim Peel jersey. Stores. What? But I would have worn a West Macaulay jersey. Give him some revenue. Give him some licensing, Frank. What do you think about it? <laughs> that revenue ain't going to them. It's going to the NHL. And you know what I love about West Macaulay? It's not just the personality, but it's also that he has the skills to back it up. One of the most respected referees in the league. Yeah. Multiple Stanley Cup finals. If if it's a Stanley Cup final and he's not there, it must be because he's injured. Uh, so that's one part of it. But the other part of it, I was reminded of this story. St. Louis Blues GM Doug Armstrong actually told it on Agent Provocateur Alan Walsh's podcast yesterday. His dad, of course, a longtime linesman in the NHL, uh, Neil Armstrong. And he once threw Bob Clark out of a faceoff when Bobby Clark was the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. And on his way out of the faceoff, he said, Neil, just want to remind you, 15,000 people paid for tickets and none of them came to see you drop the puck. So I don't know. It's a, it is a nice little reminder. I love the theater, love that they're adding it to the show, but I think the best referees are the ones that ultimately don't get noticed. Not taking anything away from it. Uh, I love that Wes McCauley does boring. it. Just wanted to point that out there. Boring, man. Boring. Give me all the theater, man. I love it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, 20,000 people aren't coming to see the officials, and they're definitely not buying jerseys. Let's get to they're our daily face-off daily bets with Tyler Uremchuk. Tyler, how'd you do last night? A perfect 3-0, and Frank Saravalli. We nailed all three bets on the slate last night, which is great because we were 0 for 2 the night before. So we're up to 70, 46, and 3 on the year, plus 16.9 units. Looking to climb back over that 17-unit mark tonight. And uh, let's jump right into it, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. I am starting with the St. Louis Blues in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. The Penguins are on an absolute roll, Frank, eight in a row. But I think that streak comes to an end tonight. The Blues are playing pretty good hockey themselves with back-to-back -back wins since they returned from their break. And the big deciding factor for me in this one is that Casey DeSmith is listed as the likely starter for the Penguins. And listen, he just hasn't been as good as Tristan Jari as of late. 14 goals against in his last five games for DeSmith and coming off an outing against San Jose where he wasn't great either. The Smith starting, if it's going up against Bennington, I like the Blues as money line underdogs in this matchup. And I think Pittsburgh's hot streak comes to an end. And for my player prop today, I am sticking with this matchup and going with a guy who, I mean, really stepped up during the Winter Classic. And he's really been on a roll lately. Seven points in his last two games for Jordan Cairo. He's got two assists in each of his last two games as well. So I can't believe the value you're getting here at plus 145 for him to just pick up one assist. Never mind the fact he's gotten four in his last two games. He just needs one tonight, and it's paying a very juicy plus 145. So I'm on the Blues to beat the Penguins and Jordan Cairo to get in on the action with an apple. Your props have been crushing it. Nazem Kadri last night picking up an assist just in the first period. Simple as that. So nice when you don't have to wait until the end result on a prop bet. Thank you, Tyler, for our daily face-off daily bets. And it's my it's time for my favorite segment of the show, Mike McKenna. Garbage time. The floor is yours. What's caught your eye? What's grabbed your attention from around the NHL? Uh, it's just garbage that they can't get a new arena built in Calgary. Like, how many false starts? How long has this been a process? It's needed. Like, it's the oldest building in the, building in the league, aside from MSG in New York, but that was renovated 10 years ago. Yeah. You know? Like, how, how can this not happen? Like, if you want to get major concerts, if you want to be able to attract top-end talent, if you want all these things, you got to spend for it. You got to have this. And I don't understand how it gets to this point when you have an NHL team in a Canadian city, Canadian market, that 
they just can't herd the cats and get it together, Frank. I don't know the answer for it, but from the outside looking in, the optics are terrible, and you know there's got to be a huge amount operation within the franchise and getting this done. I can't imagine that it's something that sits well with them. So I think it's just tough for the league to see this. You know, you want to see your teams have the best facilities for the best league in the world. If there's going to be frustration within the franchise, it should be starting, you know, with ownership. This was a power play, in my view, from ownership on down, trying to strong arm the city into paying 10 or 14 more million dollars in my opinion, mm. and sifting through the deal myself, this was a sweetheart deal for the Calgary Flames with the city of Calgary chipping in 47 to 48% of the total cost to build this new palace. And you're going to balk over one and a half to 2% of the total purchase price to be added to your side. Uh, this is a multi-billionaire owner. This is a, and a strong ownership group that certainly has the funds uh, to cover costs like this and to walk away and put the deal in peril when you're trying to strong arm the city, which has so many other priorities to take care of. Doesn't sit well with me. Wouldn't if I was a taxpayer in Calgary as well. Uh, so certainly understand why you believe that's garbage that they can't get a new arena done. Mike, that is all the time that we have for today's show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.